Hello, Puvin, the Keeping Her Keys pod coven. This week, I am sharing the recording for the Sovereign Goddesses Ritual Meditation. This has become a tradition in Keeping Her Keys that this meditative ritual is experienced every year in conjunction with the summer solstice. It is that time of the year when all of us cave dwellers step into the bright sunlight um, and reach for equanimity between all of that deep healing work that we're doing on our interior, you know, all that lunar work. And of course, Hecate is such a lunar goddess, all about the soul, the interior, and all of those things. And yet, you know, Hecate also has a solar aspect to the ancients. In, in certain ways, you know, her role as Anima Mundi, that uh, ancient Neoplatonic philosophers such as Proclus, I did an episode on Proclus back in the winter, um, saw her as this world soul, and that would be very solar. And in contemplating what is solar and how I personally lean into the solar when I am such a lunar witch, the brightness of the sun can be seen as a symbol of growth, abundance, bringing to light what has lain in too deep in the shadows. This ritual is all about celebrating the many faces of the goddess, specifically Hecate's many companions, Artemis, Selene, lunar goddesses, Persephone and Demeter, her companions on that deep underworld journey, and of course, Circe or Kirke and Medea, her daughters in witchcraft. I did an earlier episode on the triple trios that I just mentioned, so you can listen to that as well. Find your chosen goddess, or she'll find you. That is one of the, the greatest side effects of this ritual is that It'll bring forward perhaps a new face of the goddess or a new understanding of a goddess that you are already close to. This ritual is just a glorious celebration of bringing the goddesses to light, bringing them into the sun and letting us see them in a way that is perhaps different than how we've understood them before. I hope you enjoy this ritual. And may the Sovereign Goddesses bless you. Hello, greetings. I'm Cindy Brannon, and this is an episode of the Keeping Her Keys podcast that focuses on the Sovereign Goddesses and the Sovereign Goddess Ritual and uh, talks a little bit about 
why doing this ritual of sovereign power on the summer solstice is a really amazing way to just stand in the fullness, the brightness, the bold fire of the sun on the summer solstice um, as a radical act of claiming empowerment, freedom, and wholeness. A little bit about the background of this ritual. So this ritual, I believe we're coming up on the third experience with this ritual within keeping her keys and doing it as a large group. The ritual started um, one summer solstice. When I was in my little space, I call it my witch grotto, um, behind my house in the woods, it's kind of this magical zone that I have set up where, you know, I have like flags and different candles and, you know, like different witchy things that I love. And I wanted to do a solar ritual. Now, if you follow my writing, you know, I'm heavy on moonology and moon magic and some of the planets, uh, you know, I have deep affinity with. And for me, any kind of solar magic, any kind of solar ritual has been foreign to me and not something that I connected with. I don't really connect to solar energy. And when I was contemplating one year what I wanted to do for a summer solstice ritual in my little space in the woods surrounded by, you know, all the ferns and the poplars and the brambles and the apple tree and just all this beautiful energy of late spring as I was thinking about the summer solstice. I was really inspired by this vision of reclaiming my own goddess self in the bold daylight, you know, stepping out of the dark and saying that I can be a daywalker too, you know, like as women, as wild women, which is whatever we identify with, many of us really identify with the moon right? That the moon is who we tell our secrets to. The moon is where we've found safety and solace. And there is something so resonant about performing a ritual under the moonlight, charging crystals under the moonlight, making moon water, drawing down the moon's power, all of these aspects of moonology that are just so intuitive to me they are just like breathing and I wanted to experience my own awakening and connection to the goddesses that I am closest to in the brightness of day it was just one of those moments you know those aha moments like let's bring these goddesses who are often associated with the moon Let's bring them into the light of day, and I'm going to bring my true self into the light of day. And then that was, you know, true power, right? It's true power when we don't have to hide who we are. That, you know, that is sovereignty. When we can just 
walk this journey of ours, not just under the safety of the moonlight, but we can stand in the bold brilliance of day and say, this is who I am. And, you know, it doesn't mean that we're going to be like screaming from the rooftops who we are and shoving it down other people's throats. It just means like being free within ourselves, free within ourselves, that no matter what the world tries to force on it, no matter what chains they try to stick to us and wrap us in, that we are free within ourselves. And that is sovereignty because the world is going to do what the world is going to do. Um, and, you know, as sovereigns, what we do is choose how we walk through this world, how we break the chains that bind us and how we protect ourselves through our great boundaries. So we, you know, don't accumulate chains that bind us. So here we are talking about this ritual all these years later, um, and it's just absolutely a pleasure to be able to lead so many others through this ritual, um, you know, and to have the priestesses in Keeping Her Keys, you know, summon and merge with these goddesses and um, offering this as a DIY version that you can do on your own. If you can't join us live in the coven, and you can join the coven, of course, anytime, um, go to keepingherkeys.com slash coven to learn more. So if you're familiar with my work, you know I often write about the great goddess Hecate. Um, you know, I have the Keeping Her Keys book out about Hecate um, that's been such a phenomenon and thank you for supporting it and I also have my new book coming out this fall called Entering Hecate's Garden which is all about um, Hecate and Cerce and Medea and the plant spirit witchcraft that comes from them. So this ritual evokes and summons Hecate, Medea and Cerce and also Artemis and Persephone. So if you go to my website, the keepingherkeys.com website and hit slash read um, and look under the goddesses topic, you'll find the text version of this ritual and you'll also find articles on all of these goddesses. And there's a whole page devoted to Hecate on the website that you can look at as well to learn more. So before we get to the kind of the guided walkthrough of this ritual where I'll lead you through it and you know and you can do the ritual with me there beside you in spirit, I want to talk a little bit more about Hecate, Medea, Circe, Artemis, and Persephone and some of their history, their lore, um, and how they are being reclaimed in our day as really just amazing goddesses that we all carry within us and that we connect to, you know, in the sense of these huge archetypal embodied beautiful forces that are the goddess. So Hecate um, is long associated with witchcraft, 
with women, with children. She's also associated with the underworld. She's a psychopomp, which means she's a guide of spirits back and forth um, to the spirit world. She is associated with her horde. And her horde is um, really like uh, her squad of spirits that are rejected from the mainstream. So we see ghosts and creatures, you know, that we might call goblins. You know, we see these in the mythology. Um, you know, women who were ostracized by society, uh, the restless dead. You know, Hecate's horde is this collection of spirits that were marginalized by traditional I guess religions, you know, when we think back to her association with the ancient Greeks and even before the ancient Greeks and certainly the Romans. And then, of course, during the Christian era, um, Hecate and her witches, her horde, were really reviled. So Hecate has always been a goddess of the other, a goddess of the wild ones, a goddess of those who are practitioners of magic, who are seers psychics, sibyls, who are uh, pharmaca, they are practitioners of herbalism, that is magic, medicine, and mystery. And Hecate is a healer, Paonios is one of her most ancient titles. She is a goddess associated with the crossroads, which is always seen as kind of this very spiritual liminal space between um, the physical world and the etheric world and she is the keeper of her, the keys and the, it's interesting um, how the ancients wrote about her being the keeper of the keys so in different sources um, whether it's um, you know a book about different magical practices like in the, the Greek magical papyri or philosophical treaties, like in the Chaldean oracles, this title bestowed upon Hecate as the keeper of the keys really refers to her as world soul, that from her womb flows the very essence of the world. And so she keeps the keys symbolically. That means that when we are seeking magic, medicine, and mystery, we are claiming keys when we are seeking personal empowerment and standing more in our own energy, our own chi, whatever you want to call it, our own prana, that we are getting into that soul essence, you know, that deeper self and that she is the source of the deeper self. She is the source of the deeper world. She is the source of the life force itself. She's anima mundi. And that's what keeper of the keys means. It has a very mystical, intuitive resonance for many, many of us. That when we say, oh, she's keeper of the keys, which was Kaladokus to the in the ancient um, to the ancient Greeks, that this is about keeping keys, claiming keys, and holding on to the ones that are true to us. And that is also the keys of this deeper on-scene world. And that is, you know, she, her association as the goddess of witchcraft and keeper of the keys 
they're one and the same because her association with witchcraft, if we are looking at the history, it's really about this power, this power of magic, medicine, and mystery, this power, like, and she is the source of this power. And certainly when we discuss the myths of Circe and Medea, who are sometimes portrayed in the mythology as her biological daughters, but always as her spiritual daughters, as, you know, that Hecate is the witch mother. She is the source of this power. She is the source of this energy that is magic, medicine, and mystery, and that Circe and Medea were the ones who you learned how to use this source, just like a mother teaches her children. Um, and so in entering Hecate's card in my book coming out this fall, you know, I talk a lot about this as Circe and Medea being um, the pharmaca, the, you know, that Circe is the original witch and Medea is the original poison queen. You know, she is the one who has been poisoned, who poisoned others, and who has been so misunderstood and reviled. Um, her story has been really uh, corrupted, and Circe's story has been corrupted, and their mother, Hecate's story, has largely been corrupted as well. So Circe and Medea, like I said, in the uh, biological relationship between uh, Hecate, Circe, and Medea, varies according to the different myths but there is always this kind of spiritual familial um, triple goddess association that they are associated with um, pharmaca which is the ancient term for sorcery and of course um, you know in, in influences what we now know as pharmaceuticals pharmacy and the like that's where the term comes from so in my book, I really do a lot of reclaiming of pharmaca, pharmakeia, pharmakoi, and talking about, you know, the, the kind of the, the spiritual lineage that those of us who practice um, what we might call witchcraft, that is really about healing and empowerment, you know, that it's not about harming anyone or it's not about, you know, kind of petty I really want a BMW kind of, it's a deep spiritual kind of witchcraft that is very much like honoring our ancestral lineage of um, Cerce and Medea. Medea's story, of course, is a one that we often, we know about. And, you know, it's often like Medea killed her kids and she did this and she was so evil and she was so horrible. And Medea can be super intimidating if this is all we know about Medea. But Medea lives within us. Medea is the energy of our wound. That's who Medea is. You know, Hecate is the wise mother and Medea is the daughter who has been so wounded. She's been cheated. She's been tricked. She's been lied to. And then the story that everybody tells, the gossip, is not... Ex at all what actually happened. Cersei has a similar story where in the Odyssey and other stories, she's painted to be the one, you know, who turned men to pigs, who tricked Odysseus. Um, and because like, you know, like when you look at who is telling these stories, we're looking at these stories are being told 
by men of power who really just sought to like keep women from their power and to keep women from their natural medicine, which is to connect, you know, to the energy of plant spirits, the earth, um, and to use that for healing and abundance and wholeness and sovereignty. So often we hear, we've heard about, you know, the, the great book by Madeline Miller, Cersei, if you haven't read that novel yet, it is powerful. It will awaken the Cersei within you because she's in, like the Medea is in all of us. Like Hecate is the wise mother is within all of us. So is Cersei, the witch within all of us. You know, she's when we make those little bowls of blessings to someone. She's when we find a way when we get isolated and rejected that we use that time when we're stuck to really grow in our own power to turn inwards and to understand our own abilities you know that's Cersei Cersei was not um you know this horrible woman who randomly turned men into pigs you know even if you look at the mythos the men she turned into pigs she didn't turn them into anything. They were already acting like pigs and she revealed them for what they truly were. Artemis is also really connected to Hecate in history. So much so that in many of the ancient sources, you know, they're assigned similar attributes, similar abilities. Um, you know, Artemis was really a diverse and complex goddess in the ancient Mediterranean. Now, of course, here in the 21st century, because of pop culture, um, because of kind of the understanding of Diana, who was Artemis's Roman incarnation, that we see her kind of as this, just this young maiden, kind of running around in the woods. But she was so much more. You know, Artemis is the spirit of the wild that is within each and every one of us. And sometimes that is a youthful wildness. You know, it is cavorting with nymphs. Um, a hunt and so on. But Artemis's wildness is also much more mature. You know, it is um, claiming your own space, living life according to your own rules, you know, being sovereign and free. Artemis is really about that freedom aspect of sovereignty. And Persephone, you know, just like Artemis has kind of been redacted to just a stereotype of this like young woman running around doing whatever she wants. Um, Persephone is often relegated to just being uh, to what the ancients would have been called the core or the maiden. Persephone in the mythology, in the history, is so much more. You know, she is the embodied woman who has suffered greatly, has leaned into it, and has twisted what was done to hurt her into her power. And so she's in a warrior, like she is an emotional warrior. She's a survivor. You know, Persephone's battlefield was being relegated to hell and then becoming a true queen of it and, own, and like owning her responsibility if you look at the mythology about setting the seasons. And Hecate, of course, as the wise mother, became Persephone's guardian to and from the underworld. And thus, you know, we see more evidence of Hecate as the keeper of the keys and that she is the one who is guiding Persephone back and forth. So that is the five sovereign goddesses, 
Hecate as the wise mother, uh, Cerse as the eternal witch, Medea as the wounded one, Persephone as the warrior, and Artemis as the wild one. This ritual opens you up to all of those aspects within you while connecting to the goddesses as they are in the deeper unseen world. There is um, so many ways you can prepare for this ritual. Um, in the coven, we do workshops and different things to get ready. We make poppets, we make a sovereignty oil. Um, we, you know, we have different discussions. We talk about the five queens of the tarot. We talk about um, the astrology of each of these five queens and how based on our sun sign, we experience each of them. And so we do, uh, we take a good chunk of time, a good month uh, to experience this ritual process. If you are doing it on your own, I do encourage you to take your time with it. If you know, it, you're just finding out about this in the solstices today, for example, you know, you can go back and do those things afterwards. You don't have to have everything done in advance. Uh, this ritual is, like I said, I developed it for doing um, as a solar ritual. That being said, do it as a full moon ritual. Do it when the mood feels right for you. That is perhaps the first act of claiming your sovereignty and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this ritual under the full moon. You know what, I'm going to do this ritual this way. I'm going to put my earbuds in and I'm going to go to the beach and find a quiet spot and just be with this ritual in this place. So really, however you want to do it. It is lovely, of course, if you can create a beautiful sovereignty altar. You can look in the Keeping Her Keys book, um, you know, to learn more about some of the plants of Hecate's garden. Um, and if you're in the coven, we have lots in our Pharmacaea course. Beautiful plants of empowerment. Olive oil is fantastic. Rose, of course. Lavender, mugwort, uh, bay laurel, and sage are just fantastic for working with the energies of this ritual. Purple is a great color to wear because purple is the sovereign color. And layering the number five, since we are evoking these five aspects, these five queens within us, and connecting to them uh, in their goddess form within the deeper world. So it's great to layer, you know, create an altar that uses the number five. And if you wanted to get more into the, the symbolism and the correspondences for each of the goddesses, just head on over to the website, keepingherkeys.com slash read, and you can look at those articles in the coven, in our Dea course, the Awakening Goddess course. You'll find in-depth lessons on this ritual and also on each of the five goddesses. So you can use those sources to inspire you to create an altar to inspire you to you know how you are going to adorn yourself for the ritual um you know what kind of offerings you might want to offer them that you can partake in um as well because you know we are of the goddess these goddesses are all within us 
and we make the offerings not just to them and leave them for them to eat but we share in the offerings so great summer food um and there's a lot of recipes in um, entering Hecate's garden. So when it, it comes out, you'll be able to pre uh, prepare like all the elements of a Hecate's feast if you go through the whole book. So, you know, make a goddess salad, make, um, I think, Tumon moons, um, get to, you know, get some healthy grains and whatever kind of protein you like and, you know, have a big hecate's feast um, for yourself and these goddesses as part of the ritual in the coven we do a really specific set of techniques that are known as the triformis ceremony and that is how um, we do what you might call casting a circle so we begin with kernips which is the unification of uh, water smoke and uh, Materia Medica, plant spirits, because that symbolizes like the four elements and the three worlds. It's the divine sacred wholeness. And we use that to banish all that blocks and binds. So that's how we cast the circle. So, you know, if you're not in the coven, cast the circle however you feel comfortable. Um, there is, I think on the YouTube, I did a COVID-19 ritual. And I kind of, like, I do the whole Kernips process. I do the whole Triformis ceremony. So if you wanted to, if you're not in the coven, you want to say, hey, what is this ceremony? You can find that COVID-19 video and uh, look at the performance of the ceremony that way to adapt it, you know, for your own working. Totally, you know, make sure you are cleansed in body, mind, and spirit before going into ritual always. Um, you know, a uh, salt scrub, maybe with a little bit of activated charcoal is uh, our purification process and really resonates, really gets you clean. There's lots of resources on this within the coven. And if you're in the Sacred Seven or the Mistai, those courses that I teach, you'll be familiar with these techniques. If you're new to those courses, you can just reach out to your coach. Uh, and she'll help you, you know, find the right resources if you want to do something that's more in keeping with um, your lessons in those programs. Um, and then, so the Triformis ceremony, we begin with the banishment, then we begin with, then we move on to protection, which is basically closing off the sacred space. And we do this with the sacred flame, a sacred candle. Um, and, you know, when we do this as a group ritual, we have all of our fire keepers or torchbearers is what we call them. And, you know, they create the space all around us where we're nourished by the sacred flame and protected from all that harms. And then the blessing is um, the medicine of the ritual. So I am going to allow you to get into your space, um, you know, create that sacred circle banish what blocks you do that first always we always banish we always cleanse first and then we protect banish then protect then bless you banish what doesn't serve and then you do the protection and that way you're not encapsulating um, anything harmful and then after you do the protection then you move on to the blessing and like I said there's so many different ways to do this um so get all that ready 
get your space ready, get your altar ready. And you know, if the way for you to do this ritual is lying on your bed in a place that is safe and appropriate for you, you know, like if you're like for it, you know, if you have chronic pain or anything, don't feel that you have to like, you know, be standing in the bold sunlight with your arms in the air. If that is not appropriate for you, if you can't create an altar, physical altar, spend some time a couple of days before just creating this in your mind. Because our minds are so powerful. Um, and, you know, if on your bedside table, you can have a candle or, you know, you can put on something purple and then just rest easy. You know, rest easy. Do what is right for you. Um, and yeah, and don't allow anyone to say different that, you know, a ritual has to be done this way or that way. If you need to be in your bed to do a ritual, do it. The sun's energy is still going to be there. These goddesses are within you. And that is how we connect to them by going inwards to them. So let's just take some time here. Um, I'll take a little break so you can have a good pause point before we come back into the actual walkthrough of the ritual. Shall we begin? This is a ritual of sovereignty, evoking and summoning and merging with the sovereign goddesses. Let's begin. I'll speak and um, hold space so you can repeat after me. Let's just breathe together for a moment, releasing all that blocks and binds us. Clearing our energetic field, just allowing your roots to extend into the earth. And just allowing that release to happen. And seeing those roots as your tether so you can go deeper into yourself and ascend into the energy of the goddesses. Now let's come together heart to heart at our heart center. I am offering you this ritual out of sincerity and authenticity and I offer it for your highest good. I offer it in gratitude and in trust. And I offer it as a priestess of the goddess whose work is to be an educator. So let's just connect. Opening your heart to the goddesses within you. Opening your heart to their energy around you. And let's just engage in this circle you and I are creating. 
welcoming in those goddesses, lighting the sacred flame. We're protected and safe. You are protected and safe in this space. This is a space of sovereignty, freedom, and wholeness. Now let's stretch up, stretch way up into our highest self. Clearing our mind, allowing any troubles in our mind to slide down towards those roots. And any troubles in our heart, sliding down to those roots and being released here. Beautiful. Getting into that state of calmness, awareness. Now we're gonna stretch, stretch up our branches to the starry road, to that beautiful sun, that brightest star in the sky. Feeling its nourishing warmth as the blessing of this ritual starts to enter your field the healing starts, the empowerment starts. And now let's begin to awaken the goddesses. Come goddesses and witches, ancient but new, To this place, I beckon you, Artemis, Medea, Persephone, Circe, Ecate, I welcome you. And you can blow them a kiss. And that kiss awakens a goddess within. Artemis, fierce and free, may your wildness run through me. Now just see yourself kissing Artemis and you can use the thumb of your dominant hand to seal that kiss and see a beautiful flame being lit, awakening the Artemis within you, calling her forth the huntress, the wild one. The rebel, she who lives by her own rules, just allowing that energy to come in. Seeing that flame, that Artemis flame. And allowing that flame just to burn within you.
Medea, raging witch of might, through you my wounds now take flight. Use your index finger to awaken the power of Medea's healing within you and to welcome her into your field and see the beautiful candle of Medea, the power of the healer, the power of the poison that heals, of recovery and release from your wounds through great Medea. And Medea's medicine is that of emotional healing. And allow that flame just to course through you, reclaiming, restoring, awakening your own power as a healer as she who understands that poisons heal. and that wounds can be medicine and we can heal from them. Medea also brings to us boundaries and teachings through her experiences so that we may be more sovereign and true as healers of ourselves and others. Persephone, queen of the deep, your power as a resilient warrior I do keep. And you can kiss the middle finger of your dominant hand, awakening the power of this emotional warrior within you, the true queen who leans into difficult situations and rises strong. This is Persephone's medicine. She is the warrior, the survivor, the overcomer, the persister. And you can see the beautiful flame of Persephone on your mind's eye and just allow this medicine of this flame to settle through you, empowering you, rising strong. Cerse, sorceress divine, I claim your witchery, making it mine. And you can kiss Circe with the ring finger of your dominant hand, awakening the power of the witch within you and welcoming her to your field, to your energy, to speak soul to soul 
as she joins Artemis and Medea and Persephone, Cersei. And her flame burns within you, empowering you with the sovereignty of the free witch. And you can feel the energy of all four of these amazing queens awakened within you. And now we call forth the source of all things, the keeper of the keys herself, awakening the eternal primal wisdom within the source, the one from whose womb all things flow. Hecate, she who holds the keys, grant me your wisdom, may I truly see. And take the small finger, your pinky finger of your dominant hand to awaken the power of the wise one within and to connect to her. And if you're able, now is a good time to raise your dominant hand up and then slide it down so it picks it um, points to the earth beneath and and lower your dominant hand and then raise it up. So you've got one hand pointing straight down and one hand pointing straight up and allowing yourself just to fully awaken these goddesses within you standing in this position, root tethered, branches drawing in the solar energy, heart open and connected. Now you can return your hands to heart center if you're able. Great goddesses and witches, ancient but new, I claim my sovereignty now, standing before you. Great goddesses and witches, ancient but new, I claim my sovereignty now, standing before you. Deep in my heart, I honor all of you, Artemis, Medea, Persephone, Circe, Hecate. Now feel the awakened energy within you and see those flames burning in your mind's eye or on your altar if you have them there in front of you and just connecting to the flame and going deeper and deeper into this awakening while you're drawing in that solar energy if you're doing this on the solstice or the moon energy just connecting to the natural nourishing protective energy of the cosmos the source now if you like 
as you're experiencing this ritual, you can um, pull out your tarot cards or your oracle cards and allow their wisdom to speak through the cards or you can just stay in this space and allow them to speak to you as you study the flames. Now I invite you to stay in this space with me for as long as you desire and when you are ready to leave You can just express your gratitude. Great goddesses, I have said and boldly proclaimed my sovereignty and I thank you for your awakening within me, for your magic, medicine, and mystery. And let's pull up our roots. And let's pull down our branches from the sun. And let's disengage our heart centers from each other and from the goddesses, finishing the ritual part. And the medicine has been received. Now is a great time to have your Hecate's feast. Um, you know, study your tarot cards. If you did that part of the ritual, journal, write, um, make a collage of what you've received. So many beautiful things that you can do. Dive more into, you know, the lessons that I have out there on the ritual and the Fab Five, as I call them, um, and just give yourself some space. So this ritual takes about three or four weeks to really process, to really let the goddess's medicine come in. You know, it's like the summer solstice. It is an event and then its medicine is received like within the next six weeks after the event, you know, so allow the medicine to come in, allow your sovereignty to really become firm within you, um, take good care of yourself. Use this medicine to engage in ways of becoming more empowered, um, of being more whole, even if they are simple ways that are only obvious to you, you know, go out and do those things. Um, I hope you are well blessed by this ritual. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Keeping Your Keys podcast and connecting with me to our beloved sovereign goddesses, I invite you to join the Kavina Institute, my school, where we walk the wheel of the year through rituals, lessons, discussions, sacred creativity, and our fabulous live events, including our moon salons, where we explore dreams, divination, and so much more. You can learn 
more about Covina and all of my work at keepingherkeys.com. The Keeping Her Keys podcast is produced and hosted by me, Cindy Brannon. I'm a witch and psychologist living in coastal Nova Scotia, Canada. I've written several books about Hecate and also my very first book that's more of an introduction to Awakening the Witch Within. That one's called True Magic. My frequent guests on the show are guides from my school known as Covina, the Coven of Hecate. You'll be listening to them on different episodes and they are just an amazing group of witches that I am so happy to have in the circle of making this podcast a reality. Episodes usually explore something connected to the goddess Hecate. I became fascinated with the goddess Hecate so, so long ago. I do deep dives with different partners on goddesses and aspects of Hecate. Sometimes I do more psycho-spiritual episodes where I talk about constructs and how they intersect with the practice of natural magic. And frequently, you'll find meditations. If you're interested in learning more about my work, just go to keepingyourkeys.com. You'll find out more about my books, more about Hecate, and how you can join Covina, the Coven of Hecate. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to follow it. I usually release new episodes every Thursday. And I would absolutely love it if you could rate and review the podcast. It is so, so helpful. If you have any questions or ideas for future shows, you can send them to info at keepingherkeys.com. Thanks so much for listening. And hail Hecate. Mm-hmm.